The following pre-recorded program is brought to you by Wrestling with the Inner Man. Welcome to Wrestling with the Inner Man, because the first fight we face each and every day is a fight with our flesh. Do we listen to our selfish, sinful nature or to divine nature guided by the Holy Spirit? Your host, David Savage, is a product of the West Texas desert and energy industry who recently received the biggest promotion of his life, reporting directly to the top boss, God. We hope you're ready to rumble because wrestling with the inner man begins now. Good evening, WWM listeners. Again, I love the bell because we're really wrestling today. And I've got a question out there for our listeners. Does anyone have to deal with bullies, tyrants, or impossible people? Of course, I can hear the groans through the station air. <laughs> they are at the office, down the street, at the mall, on an airplane, in the checkout line, in the next highway lane, or on the internet, on the phone. They try our patience and can often bring out the worst in us. We all wrestle with how to deal with these people without becoming one of them. In fact, there is even an excellent book out there titled Bullies, Tyrants, and Impossible People, How to Beat Them Without Joining Them. And if there is one vocation that must deal with them more than any other, it is the elected official, especially in today's world of polarizing politics. A good friend of mine has demonstrated the infinite composure required in public meetings that I have attended, so I asked him if he would come on the show to discuss this topic. J.C. Jeton is my state representative for House District 26, and during the 87th legislative session last year, he was voted Freshman of the Year by his peers. He was also just named the most effective conservative in the Texas House by the Conservative Roundtable of Texas, and more importantly, he is a strong Christian brother. J.C., welcome to Wrestling with the Inner Man. Hey, glad to be here. I'm ready to rumble. Ready to rumble. Okay, well... Uh, why don't you give our audience a brief bio and why you have chosen to enter this, this field of politics where one must deal with difficult people in opposition daily? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I spent uh, 10 years in retail management before deciding to uh, move over into the political side. And uh, that was largely because my uh, my now 14-year-old uh, was getting to the age of going to school and really started thinking about, you know, what what's, what is the direction our country is going in? What's the direction our state going in? And uh, really felt like there was uh, a calling to uh, go into an area that was more fulfilling and, uh, you know, did – was more impactful in making sure that there was a good state for my uh, kids to grow up in. I um, have two kids now, 10 and 14, and uh, we want to make sure that we have a great state for them to grow up in. After, So I spent 10 years in retail management, moved over from that to uh, manage a campaign in the 2011-2012 uh, election cycles, and then uh, went to work as a legislative director in 2013. Uh, from there, I went to go work for Glenn Hager um, on his campaign for state man. controller. He's a really good guy and uh, been one of my good mentors and uh, just great demeanor and great person to learn from. Uh, but worked with him on his campaign, went to go work with him in the state agency, uh, the controller's agency. Uh, from there, went to go work for the Republican Party of Texas uh, as an engagement director, went around the state helping to grow the party. Uh, thought I was leaving politics, started a couple of businesses and uh, got sucked right back in and uh, took over as the county chairman for the Fort Bend County Republican Party uh, before deciding to run for this seat that I'm in now. Yep. Well, a noble calling, and I uh, I really salute you. I've struggled with it myself, but I've remained more 
you know, behind the curtain. Uh, it's it's kind of nice behind the curtain. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so we both read the book, you know, that I referenced. Uh, and the authors uh, for the audience out there are Ron Shapiro and Mark Jankowski. And uh, they've developed this great acrostic as their signature methodology. You know, so if you're trying to deal with bullies, tyrants, and impossible people, how do you do it? Well, it's by being nice, N-I-C-E, where the N stands for neutralizing your emotions. The I stands for identifying the type, the type of uh, individual you're dealing with. And C stands for controlling the encounter. And E stands for explore options. So let me frame things a bit more for identifying the type, because that's really kind of what we're going to focus on today. There are basically three types of difficult people. Situationally difficult, where something has happened or circumstances drive them to behave this way. Now, let's say Winter Storm Uri is a good example of that. You know, people suddenly felt pressure that didn't exist before, and uh, you know now they're having to deal with uh, difficult you know, constituents, and, and they might act differently than they normally would. Then there are the strategically difficult people, where they believe that it works for them to achieve desired results. I have a great deal of experience, 31 years <laughs> negotiating contracts with all the major oil companies in the refining of petrochemical. And uh, those folks, uh, they're called procurement professionals. <laughs> and they can be very difficult, but they're strategically difficult. I, I'm going to give them credit and, and say that I don't think they're just naturally difficult people. Uh, the third is simply difficult. And these are the these are people that have deeply embedded behavior and don't ever deviate much from it. They're just they're difficult for everyone to deal with all the time. So you and I first met JC when you became the chairman of the Fort Bend County Republican Party and I was on the executive committee as a precinct chairman. Now I watched you deal with difficult people frequently at our meetings and these were people within our same political party, which to me was very exasperating. <laughs> So can you tell us a story about dealing with a situationally difficult individual or group of individuals when you were the county chairman? Sure. So I think, you know, kind of looking back at so I was in there from 2017 um, through the 2018 election cycle. And, uh, you know, the 2018 election cycle for Fort Bend County was a tough, tough year. Um, it is it was a year that was um, in response to the 2016 election cycle. Um there was there's a lot of shifting in the uh, in the part in the county towards the Democrat side, and so we we end up losing a lot of races in 2018. Um, it was devastating, heartbreaking for a lot of people. And I know in the time uh, right after uh, the election results came out, um, there was a lot of anger and distrust and a lot of emotions. And you know that is the, that is the to- toughest time to talk to people, rationalize, and um, figure out how to move forward. And so, uh, just kind of looking at how how we approached making sure that we we moved on from that point because it's it's easy to get stuck in the rut, right? Um, and so, uh, one of the first things we did was make sure that we were, we were listening and providing an outlet for everybody. And so, whether whether they fall into the situational, strategic, or the simply impossible, or the simply <laughs> it's simply impossible, we'll go with that. Mm-hmm. Um, they 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 all want to be heard. And so a lot of times, a lot of way, a good way to neutralize the situation is to just listen. Um, after, after you get past the listening part, um, it is determining the, uh, the, the next steps forward. You know, what, out of that listening, what are the key things that uh, they, they wanted to see happen? And then you start 
putting together the facts and information to provide um, really brutally honestly. Um, I think that there's a lot of appreciation that people have towards, um, even if they don't like it, if they can tell that there's authentic uh, desire to provide the right information so that we can come to the right conclusion together, um, regardless of which category they fall in, we're able to move together um, with that information. And so uh, it was a lot of fact-finding, gathering of information, providing that to uh, the large group. And, and we're talking about an executive committee that can be up to 150 members, um, and then the general public uh, that, that cares about you know, where the Republican Party is going. It was trying to connect with everyone. Um, there was uh, varying degrees of upset and emotional, you know, emotions and uh, what and many strong opinions on where we should go. <laughs> right. right. So. Yeah. No one likes losing. And if you don't really do that listening in the, you know, the deep introspection about, well, why did we lose? You know, what were the, the reasons? Right. And so I think that's extremely and I, and I watched you do that. And it was disappointing to me to see how you were treated, you know, by members of our party, because there's also. You know, the blame game. And that's that, I think that's probably always part of a situationally difficult person is, you know, you've lost. You know, you see that happen in sports. You know, if people right. begin to lose games, then they start to blame things on their teammates. And then, then the whole integrity of the of the team falls apart. Right. And so the important thing is being very well-grounded knowing what you stand for, um, having a good faith. Um, I am proud to be a Christian. I am proud of uh, my Christian faith and where how it grounds me and makes, you know, and helps guide me. That Holy Spirit that's in me helps guide me to, um, you know, know where we're going and then help to, uh, you know, build understanding and consensus so we can move in that direction together. And so we, we did, uh, you know, with that fact-finding, we put together a plan and— uh, um, made the connection with enough people um, that we were able to start moving forward again. Um, there were always those simply impossible uh, individuals that were never going to come on board. Uh, those that, uh, you know, one of the most important things that I learned is with the strategic, uh, the, the strategic difficult person is making sure they understand and not just, re, you know, making sure they understand that their tactic is not going to be rewarded. Right, right. <laughs> it is worth having that conversation early on. And I have found more often than not uh, that that does lead to better conversation afterwards that is much more productive. But if we can kind of get that out of the way first of, hey, we're going to be much better off if we can be respectful to each other and have a conversation and more than willing to work with you on moving things forward. But we can't interact under this type of uh, uh, strategic uh, difficultness. Yeah, that's kind of the the C, like controlling the emotions. I think uh, people do try to they try to provoke you into or bait you into arguments, and uh, that's that's never good. Um, so you know, after that experience, you remained steadfast and decided to run for state representative in 2020 against a sitting Republican incumbent, and of course, also against a Democratic challenger. Now, a campaign is where it truly gets nasty in politics, and the gloves come off. Sometimes even within you know the same party in the primaries, uh, can you share another story about dealing with simply difficult people throughout a campaign lasting months? You know, perhaps uh, share how you were able to neutralize emotions over a sustained period, or pray about it using using your faith. And you know, feel free to just whatever <laughs> tools you use because that's a long time to be. Uh, you know, to have your family even drawn in, which has been one of the main reasons why 
I, I, you know, my wife just begged me, please don't ever run for public office. <laughs> you might be able to sure. take it, but I can't. So uh, yeah, so it was it was almost a good two years of campaigning, um, which which was you know varied in intensity on how difficult it got and who who the you know who we were working uh, uh, interacting with. And I, I can tell you, the, the unfortunate part is, I, I, the, the more contentious and more you know frustrating uh, conflict occurred interparty. It was mm-hmm. it was more acceptable and um, actually less personal when it came from the, the other side. And so um, I, I can tell you the primaries were very, very brutal. Um, you know, myself, I'm, I'm a pretty competitive person, played hockey, football. I love the contact sport and very, uh, I, I'm not going back down from a fight. I, 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 you know, I really get into, uh, um, you know, into the competitive spirit with this. Uh, my grounding principle probably revolves mostly around uh, the great commandment um, in Matthew 22, where, uh, you know, the Pharisees and Sadducees are, you know, they're upset with Jesus being there and um, they're, they're, they're wanting to uh, put him in a, a sticky situation. So they confront him and ask, you know, what, what's the, what's the greatest commandment? Cause you know, they want to, they want to start this, pick this fight with Jesus. And uh, you know, he breaks it, breaks it all down to um, love God with all your heart and, Love everyone, and the second most and equally as important, love love one another. Mm-hmm. And so, um, well, if that's the greatest commandment, that's what we have to follow, right? E- right. Even even with our enemies, right, right. <laughs> and so, um, what does it look like to love your enemy in a very competitive uh, situation? It is, you know, for me, it was breaking it down to uh, what is it, you know, what what's the competition? How do we have this respectful uh, dialogue and uh, competitive uh, campaign and get through it? And you know, I, I remember. The last two weeks of the primary runoff, being in the and it was in the middle of July, uh, hot, very right. hot right. weather <laughs> on the pavement um, with, with my opponent, and we were you know we were you know going after every voter, trying to connect with them and get those last votes. And um, I, I remember he, he he had his family come out, and the the the, the things that were said um, about me, um, they were just flat out lies over and over and over again, day in and day out, um, was, was, was very, uh, you know, it was discouraging. It was, yeah. discouraging. Yeah. It was you know, we could, we could pick a fight and I could Provoking. probably settle this right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it would not go well for either of us. And so, um, a lot, a lot of prayer and staying grounded. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things where you knew that there was no way to neutralize this in the moment. And so just had to carry through that uh, conflict until until the end. And, um, you know, I, I think there will come a day when we're able to, uh, you know, grab a beer together and, and move on from it. Um, but it's it's a it's a conflict that uh, um, sticks with you until there is resolve. And, you know, it, it, campaigns are rough. They are. They are. I've talked to a few of our other uh, fellow conservatives about some of the things that have uh, been perpetrated against them and, and their families. You know, that's yeah. where it's really yeah. – Below the belt, and and that's where I think uh, controlling your emotions, the C aspect. You know, you're identifying the type. You're trying to ne- neutralize your emotions. You can do that, but when it, when they start coming after your family, it's a little harder to control the emotions. It is, and I think that's something that's you know, I think a lot of people might think that those people that have it really under control, um, you know, just aren't dealing with those emotions. And I, I can tell you that those emotions are there for everybody. Sure. And it's just a matter of how much how much self control and discipline can you have, and how far out and uh, you know, are you thinking about the consequences and you know, how disciplined can you be? 
Um, and so, right, and, and maintaining your integrity. Why did you get I'm into politics in the right. first place? You have a noble, uh, a noble intent, and you know you, you just don't want to get uh, drawn down into it. That's right. Uh, so, at the beginning of 2021, you have won the election and are a freshman in the House. Uh, you were given committee assignments where you are required to work with opposition party members to review and pass new legislation first uh, out of committee and then through floor voting. Uh, I suspect that this is where you would encounter most of the strategically difficult people. <laughs> uh, how about an example of where you succeeded uh, with an opposition party person by exploring options? You know, and second, where an agreement could not be reached, and I'm thinking of the maxim ultimatums without options often lead to impasses. And we saw that when the Democrats fled the state, you know, and just went up to Washington. So if you want to uh, expand. Sure, that sure. Yeah. And there's there's a couple of things I can, you know, there, there are two scenarios that I kind of want to talk about here. So the first one was the elections bill. It, it made national news. Um, you know, I was heavily involved in that bill from the from day one, uh, made sure that, you know, we we crafted a bill that, you know, did actually make things easier for people to vote, protected their vote, um, and secured our elections. Our, our goal was to rebuild the faith in our election system. And, you know, we, we worked hard uh, across the aisle, too. Um, mm-hmm. And we, it, it was kind of funny, we put together a number of bills uh, that initially did get Democrat support. Uh, we had Democrats sign on to them uh, as joint authors and co-authors and uh, started going through this process. And it wasn't until about halfway through um, when in, in reality, what ended up happening was the Democrat, it, the Democrats in Austin uh, were hijacked by the Democrats in D.C. Yeah. And they were they were led astray and told that, hey, you know, start going against the Republican Party in for, or in Texas because we're going to pass this bill in D.C. Uh, so don't worry about it. Uh, you know, we got to the last day uh, or the second to last day of the session. We have 140 day sessions every two years. And uh, I remember speaking there at the back mic uh, and, 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 and for the bill um, while watching the Democrats uh, leave the chambers and eventually break quorum. Uh, they had to tell me, you know, we're, we're done talking. We, we don't we don't have quorum anymore. And sessions sessions over the, the bills. All the rest of the bills that were on the docket for that day died because of this elections bill. Um, and, and that that turned into a an impossible situation, unfortunately, because, you know, we had I had many conversations, many you know, many of those negotiations with the Democrats um, on that bill uh, were positive conversations, um, but they just they were not uh, authorized to uh, to ultimately agree with the bill. And so um, th- that became an interesting situation right. where it's not a, it wasn't as much an ultimatum as much as they just uh, or, or even a strategic uh, difficulty. Uh, it was a it was a politics at its worst, I would say. And, well, but, strategic in, in that mm-hmm. it's at, the, at the leadership level, you know, right. so if, if you if you believe that, you know, you're supposed to follow the national party and but, but that's why we're the United States right. <laughs> of America, we can do what we want by state. And Texas has actually had a good history of that's working right. collaboratively with, with, you know, opposite sides of the aisle to get to get things done. And that's why we have a strong economy and jobs. That's and, right. That's right. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. I think. They were strategic. I think it was a horrible strategy. But <laughs> well, it didn't ultimately work out for them because they right. eventually came back and we eventually passed the bill. And I can tell, I can tell you another one um, that, that, that maybe you know, pertain more to what we're talking about here. Um, it was a situation with another member where we needed to come to an agreement on a, a particular uh, item. And it was just – we were – the 
strategy of that other individual was to come in and try to belittle and bully me into their position. And it, it took me kicking them out of my office multiple times before we were able to arrive at a point where it was understood that that strategic, uh, that strategy that you're using, behavior, is not, yeah. that behavior is not going to be rewarded. Yep. And for us to be able to find agreement on this, we are going to have to be able to communicate as adults and work together on this. And after after three, I think it was three or three times of kicking them out, we came back and we actually were able to nail, uh, pull, pull something together and have a good agreement. And uh, what ultimately worked out really well. Um, but it was it was consistent and lasted over a couple of weeks, a few weeks. And uh, um, and I think, you know, there is a way of handling that conflict that could have gone very differently if I had, uh, you know, come back and tried to bully uh, the same way at the beginning. Uh, but because we worked through this, uh, this strategy, so you were the strategy. So, so that's the E, exploring options. Exploring so, options. So you're like, okay, I'm I'm kind of setting some rules about how I'm going to be even in conversation right. with you, and I'm willing to explore options. You always leave that door open, you know, for the willingness. And uh, that, that's a terrific uh, example because I'm sure as a freshman you come in and people believe that just their, their tenure in the legislature or whatever and, you know, you, you might not be uh, respected or, or you, you certainly you'll just be at least tested. Right, right. And, uh, it's like right. let's see what kind of medal uh, J.C. John has. <laughs> so if your peers selected you as freshman of the year, you must have been doing something right in how you dealt with difficult people. Any, any final thoughts or personal philosophy on things uh, outside of the book reference or any guiding scripture references that have helped you stay grounded. Yeah. So, you know, leadership, in in my opinion, is being able to influence people. And I've found over the years that the the influence is gained through knowledge, you know, having a good understanding of what you're talking about, understanding the topics and issues, um, competency, um, being trustworthy, you know, know, can you accomplish what you say you're going to accomplish? Are you worth following? And then um, integrity, character, you know, it's knowledge, competency and character. Um, if people can trust what you're going to say, that what you're telling them is the truth, then um, you, you build influence. And when, as you're able to build influence, you're able to, uh, you know, negotiate from a, 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 a good faith that did allow us to be able to connect with both Republicans, Democrats, um, people that we disagreed on certain issues. Uh, they, they understood it wasn't personal. There was a there was a grounding. There's a philosophy of principles that we followed, um, and so when we were when we said, "Hey, we're on board," um, they knew we were really on board. Um, integrity means a lot, and so um, in addition to that, in our office we have very intentional uh, framework that we work with, and to know where we're going. Uh, we, it's you know a lot of listening. I know sure. you do a lot of listening, yeah. and and mm-hmm. that's important because then you're you're picking the winning issues. Because look, we do have as people, many things in common, like no one wants to flood. No one wants exorbitant taxes. That's right. uh, no one wants a, a lawless society. And I think you've done good on, uh, on picking those winning issues. Well, we're about out of time. So I just want to summarize here by saying NICE, the N-I-C-E, is a sy- systematic approach that is a set of practical tactics, tested, modified, refined, and ultimately proven over and over in real-life business and social encounters, events, negotiations, deals, showdowns, standoffs, and human confrontation. So don't go out in the world without it, folks, because we all have to deal with bullies, tyrants, and impossible people. And if you have any situations where messes are unavoidable, remember that our sponsor, Prism Specialties, is in the restoration business. 
Whether it's your electronics, textiles, or artwork that may have been damaged by water, Prism can help you restore and recover those valuables at a fraction of replacement cost. So if you have any other comments about what kind of shows, topics, suggestions, please email me at wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. And, J.C., I'm going to close this out in prayer if that's all right with Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Thank you. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank uh, J.C. for his leadership, for his listening, and for his Christ-like example. And for all those who have sought to serve and to truly bear the title of public servant because you modeled servant leadership first through your son, Jesus Christ. And we just ask that you would uh, just re-inject that servant's heart into every public official in these times of great uh, polarization. And we just ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. AM 1070, The Answer, Wrestling with the Inner Man. Thanks for listening to Wrestling with the Inner Man. With David Savage, we believe the winners in this ring. Courageously follow God's word. Love and protect God's woman. Excel at God's work. Batters God's world and his children. For more information, reach out to David at Wrestling with the Inner Man at gmail.com. That's Wrestling with the Inner Man at gmail.com. Tune in next time as Wrestling with the Inner Man tackles more tough topics to train up a generation of better men.